0: Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast with Tim Sievers and Pastor Corey from Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We're glad you could join us. Uh, Pastor Corey, good to be back with you in our Zoom studios. Uh, what's on the agenda today? What are we going to talk about?
1: Well, good to be with you, Tim, on this fine Wednesday morning. That's when we're <laughs> recording. I don't know when people are listening, but uh, yeah, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about Ash Wednesday, Lent soup suppers, our developing soup supper plan. We're going to talk about our, our Lent theme. We're also going to talk about the spiritual growth guide. I think we renamed it from plan to guide, uh, and it's, it's pending release. And then we're going to talk about the sermon scripture. Cool. Um, which we're back in the gospel of John after your, your good sermon Sunday from Proverbs, uh, which I encourage people to go watch or, or, uh, download, on our website, palousechurch.org. But um, yeah, that, that's what I have. Uh, I thought it would be fun as we begin to talk about Ash Wednesday, which is a very serious topic. You know, Ash Wednesday, uh, we consider our own mortality, that we're all from the dust and to the dust we shall return. But it's kind of fun to take a serious topic and, and joke about it. So I thought maybe we could joke about Ash Wednesday a little bit. Is that irreverent? Do you have any suitable jokes or
0: oh, oh. Un,
1: unsuitable un- jokes
0: uh, <laughs> i have some unsuitable jokes <laughs> un-
1: i don't know if anybody got our attempt at a pun there or not
0: but maybe I they didn't either, so but yeah
1: so That's- you know ash wednesday is february 17th this year and we are going to offer services both in the morning starting at 6 30 a.m walk up drive up um and you like we did at the little church and and at the green frog before uh but yet you'll get a devotion with tim and a mark of ashes if you want it and then in the evening we're going to have an ash wednesday service at six o'clock in the parking lot you can get out of your car if you want or you can stay in your car it'll be on the radio or um you could hear me speaking out loud um like we've done some of our outdoor services. It'll be a fairly brief service because we'll have it all done before youth group starts at 6:30 and our Wednesday night Bible study starts at 6:30. So there are Ash Wednesday stuff things coming up um but we wanted to talk about some jokes first and yeah. So uh yeah, you
0: know, you know. <laughs> what's a joke you got? Well, well, I was talking to a friend the other day um yeah. about Ash Wednesday and Where are you? <laughs> yeah, so frequent you know topic of conversation <laughs>
1: comes up all the time
0: comes up all the time in casual conversation and uh he's, he's, he was telling me he said you know one of the one of the positive things he appreciates about ash wednesday is uh that uh, it identifies the people that you don't want to start having a conversation with um you know because you're just right there that's
1: brutal yeah. that's brutal i don't know if- some of our religious church folks are going to get that.
0: It, uh, if,
1: do we dare explain that joke?
0: I don't think so. You just okay. have to deal with it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's kind of brutal.
1: It kind of marks <laughs> the people that, oh, I want to stay away from them. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they take that
0: they Jesus take that, thing a little seriously. Thing. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of, and it's kind of interesting. They must listen to that podcast. Yeah, Well, it's kind of funny because uh, you know they see that mark, the joke, the person who wrote the joke sees that mark as something to try to avoid, and the mark for us as Christians is not something um, we want to avoid. Uh, we may often avoid the idea, of talking about, thinking about the idea of our mortality and 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 those issues but the point of having it on your forehead is that it's a reminder and hopefully maybe a conversation starter so that we can talk to people too. Um, so don't take offense at the joke. It's a joke. It's a joke Get over it. And then come yeah. to your ashes on Ash Wednesday. and We're all going to die
1: one day. Anyway, get over it,
0: get over it. <laughs> um,
1: you know, and we have a section on death and, and celebrating I should say in our spiritual growth guide, uh and you know i've been bringing that up with people and they're kind of like i don't know if i want to read that even christians you know like we're supposed to kind of be honest about this stuff and uh i was telling a group that you know mo the vast majority of funerals and memorials i've done have not had any pre-planning some of them have pre-arrangements with the funeral home but pre-planning like thinking out songs scriptures what they want don't want very very few of them the hundreds of memorials i've done and I think that's interesting because I've most of them that I've done have been Christian ones and like people are afraid to, to talk about anything related to death. Um, interesting.
0: And Ash Wednesday says right in your face, we're going to talk about
1: death, <laughs> right? We're going to admit it and yeah. admit yeah. that God is, God is greater than it. God brings us life out of the dust and he can bring us out of the tomb or out of the grave as well. But we have to admit that, that that is our our fate in this world,
0: right? And then, in yeah. an interesting in an interesting twist, then it turns into a positive because out of the out of the dust and out of the death comes life in Christ and life uh, life abundantly. So it's a good thing to consider yeah. it, consider it rightly and develop a proper understanding of who we are as created beings, um, what that means for us, and where our true hope lies uh that's not with us but with god so there you (laughs) have it
1: got another joke tim
0: i i i do um let me so so you know in in honor uh, in honor of a difficult what are you trying to make me jealous or something over there look at you pouring your coffee Uh,
1: i was just thinking out of the life of dead beans (laughs) i am given new life a little bit more energy (laughs) Ground up dead coffee grounds added with water and heat. All right, uh, what were you saying? Well, in, in
0: you know we've we've come through or we we've come through a difficult election uh, season. Um, what? Per what? What? What?
1: I, I'm totally. I didn't. I didn't. I I didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Don't make me come over there.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: So, you know, we've come through a difficult election season. And, you know, one of the things I, I used to look forward to, I, I don't get this opportunity where we vote vote by mail here in Washington, but, you know, those little I voted stickers? Um, oh, yeah. You ever get one of those? I used to love uh, getting those. And, um, you know, having that sticker on, you know, during election season is kind of like having a, a cross on your forehead on Ash Wednesday. Uh, you hope that something positive is going to result by what you did, but either way, uh, you end up eating more carbs than you should have that night. Uh, so, <laughs> you
1: know, uh, that is if, a you, if you can find joke, better
0: huh? Ash Wednesday jokes, let us sure. know, please. Sure. I mean, yeah.
1: yeah. Why don't, don't you share that one that was really terrible? <laughs> yes. It's not your joke. It's okay, Tim, to share it. It'll make some sick person laugh. It's okay to, uh, to share it.
0: But uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, there you have it, a couple of them. You're not gonna kids.
1: share the joke? Which one? Well, you, you could share it, like talk about one of your employees, like, uh, you know. Oh, you think so? That one? It's totally inappropriate, but it gives you an idea of people
0: making terrible jokes about something so sacred. Yeah. Okay, so, you know. I, I don't have a secretary, but uh, I, I pretend used, like you do. I used to have a secretary, uh, a young man who helped yeah, he me out, and I I just couldn't <laughs> afford to let him take the day off <laughs> for Ash Wednesday. It was so so bad. So I had the secretary, and he wanted to take some time off to Ash Wednesday to go get you know go to a service, and I couldn't afford to let him go for for the the time that he wanted. So I just stubbed my cigar on uh, his forehead and, you know, put a little cross there and called that good-
1: ter- it's, it's not a- really even that funny. It's not funny. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it it's kind of a, uh, and you found a lot of these type of jokes kind of mocking Ash Wednesday and, uh, yeah,
0: that's pretty fair
1: cool about. Yeah. Yeah. These people are taking their faith so seriously that, and walking around with this, um, mark of the cross on their forehead. So it's, it, I didn't want to share you to share that because it's funny, but, but uh, you know, it is one of these things that we do that is peculiar. And so, yeah. you know, and maybe you're listening you haven't done it before. Maybe you do, you've done it every year. I don't know, but it is a peculiar thing we do. We don't usually, um, mark ourselves in a way that publicly be, can be seen. In fact, Jesus, Jesus encourages us to, um, you know, to not really, to wear our spirituality on our sleeve, you know, but in this case, we do it really as a reminder to ourselves. We're walking through this one day of the year with a very intentional, like on our flesh reminder that we, we are from the earth and from the earth we shall return. And if, if it's not for God and his, his rescuing salvation, that that's our fate um, on our own. Right. And so I think it's really good to walk around with that, consciously uh physically on our body but you could do it wrongly right you could do Ash wednesday with the motive of look how spiritual i am i'm spiritual you're not i have this mark and i think it has to really be embraced with humility um you know and it's a personal journey with you and god others will see it if you're out in public right and they will maybe remark on it i know that i've had some people say hey you've got something on your head because it's so it's so not done now that you know the average person out there doesn't know what it is and doesn't on that particular day doesn't know that it's ash wednesday like do you know what yesterday was tim tuesday tuesday groundhog day Day, yeah and that's recognized by a certain amount of people in our culture and i would say a large majority of adults know what it is and Some pay attention to it, some don't. But I would say that number of people who recognize Groundhog Day is much higher than the amount of people who actively practice Ash Wednesday at this point. I have no evidence to back that up, but... uh,
0: But that's because there was that really great movie, um, Groundhog Day, that people have seen. Okay.
1: So what we need is a good Ash Wednesday movie where people keep getting marked with ashes every morning, every morning and listening listening to Sonny and Cher when they wake up and they yeah can't escape it
0: there's there's something okay. there. I think you should start working on the screenplay all right in my spare time I don't even know what that means but <laughs> a screenplay
1: is something they use for a movie Tim
0: yeah that's about all I know so <laughs> okay. You know, there was uh, a... Right. Where are we? Where are we? Golden Globes were, were announced that. today or something. The nominees. Oh, wow. I heard that on the radio. Anyway, a uh, bunch of female directors up in, uh, for awards. And I have no idea what for, because I haven't seen a movie, you know, in however long. Um, but Kind of cool that they're giving awards for movies that no one's watched. <laughs> movies that nobody's watched. Um, but... So it's, it's really interesting, I guess, because the uh, female directors have the most, have a majority of the nominations for the best director, and that's never happened before. Um, so cool that uh, there's some diversity developing in those uh, circles there in terms of recognizing talent of, of uh, all sorts, so. Cool. Um, that's, that's the extent of my knowledge about the Golden Globes and movies. Yeah,
1: thank you for adding that to my life. I feel and enriched.
0: I know you really wanted to know.
1: <laughs> so. I haven't thought about the Golden Globes in years. I if even. I ever. <laughs> All right. So we have an Ash Wednesday service February seventeenth. It's on a Wednesday this year. Uh, six thirty in the morning, six six p.m. in the evening. We should say six thirty through what in the morning? Because you can come in at any time in the morning. The evening's so, different. It starts yeah, at
0: 6. So 6.30 to 9 is what we've set aside in the morning. Anytime
1: time between 6.30 and 9 on Ash Wednesday morning, February 17th, uh, the evening we'll have a service that starts at 6 p.m. Um, okay. And do you have scones this year? No,
0: probably not. No scones this year. Well, Okay. You know, I think last year it made it in just under, just before everything shut down. uh, We were able to do Ash Wednesday. um, We even had our first soup supper, didn't we? Before we went virtual? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the world came crashing down around us. (laughs) The world is
1: still going. I mean, God is still in good and in control. Uh, So let's talk about soup suppers since um, we kind of brought it up. Uh, So we are going to do soup suppers. We're going to improve it on what we did last year when COVID hit, where you basically watched Tim and I eat soup when Tim and I could still record things in the same room and stuff. Um, We ate soup together and talked about our book, which was ironically titled, or maybe coincidentally titled, You Didn't See It It Coming. (laughs) Great book, by the way, Didn't See It Coming. We still have some copies around here by Kerry Newhoff. Um, uh, but we're gonna do uh, soup suppers and we're gonna do it via Zoom, which we haven't done in the large group things via Zoom. So we're encouraging folks, uh, and we can teach how to use Zoom. Tim's taught a lot of people how to use Zoom. I've taught a couple people how to use Zoom. Tim does a better job. Um, uh, but we on Wednesday nights, um 6 30, I believe, is our is that our soup supper time? We're gonna encourage families, individuals to tune in to Zoom. And you can have your mute on uh, so we don't hear you slurping your soup or your, your video mute if you really don't want to be seen. But we want to gather as a group. And you know I'll probably be at my home with my family and Tim might be at his house. Um, but we will fellowship a bit together. We're going to share soup recipes before, maybe during. Uh, we share some bread recipes. People can maybe show off their soup and bread. That is part of it because that's what sometimes happens at, well, that's what happens at our soup suppers. We we share soup and bread with each other, a simple meal. Um, so we're going to find ways to encourage the soup and bread part. Uh, you may feel safe enough to have a watch party at your home with with friends that you've already been, uh, what's the right term? COVID friends with? No, I don't know if that's the right term. So <laughs> like if, you, if you
0: have a family, like the okay, few if people you have COVID- you COVID. people that you've kept relationship with in person
1: yeah and and so you might do that at your home um and you're free to do that uh if you want um but uh where was i going with this tim uh we're but we're still going to have a couple of things that we normally do uh we're going to have our book of the season uh this year uh for lent it's this book not god enough by jd greer and we have copies available to church right now, um, uh, $17.05 suggested donation. You can round that down or round that up.
0: but uh, Make sure you include that five cents.
1: Yeah, it, it's about um, really getting God out of the boxes we put God in and letting God be uh, the almighty, all-powerful, all-loving, all-wise God that God is. And I found it a really encouraging book, and it also helps with some real practical issues when we let God be God. Uh, So we'll, we'll have some brief reflections on this. If you want to go further with this, this is also the PFC book club, uh, the PFC book club's first book. And we're starting soon and we'd love to have some more folks. We're going to meet separate from soup suppers, but probably once a month and have some emails together and discuss this book. So, not, not God Enough by J.D. Greer. We have copies at the church. So that's going to be part of our Lent theme because our Lent theme is actually quite simple. More God, right? Right. Is that More God. More God. Or as John the Baptist might say, he must increase, but I must decrease. Um, so that's kind of our theme. We want more God and just, you know, losing our identity in a good way into god and letting god increase in our in our life and so we will have a reflection from that and then what i'm really excited about is hearing some testimonies from folks in our church family some more god testimonies when god became more in their life obviously god is always the same yesterday today and forever but things happen in our life and we actually surrender challenges or turn away from sins and there's things that happen where God becomes more in us and in our life and we realize um you know we weren't seeing God as as the great God that he is and we grow and um so we're gonna have testimonies of that nature and I'm excited about that. We're still lining some of those up. Um so yeah so that's a bit about soup suppers and Lent. What 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 do you got to add to that Tim are you thinking about anything that I missed there,
0: or I don't think so. That's gonna, you know, we did those soup suppers start on the 24th of February, and then what we have six of them the next six weeks, I think, or I mean, including that six weeks of soup suppers uh, leading up to uh, Holy Week there. So, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah, so they start the week
1: after Ash Wednesday, is the way to think yeah. of it. So,
0: yeah, and then this, yeah. yeah. So Easter is in early April this year. So all through March, you'll have opportunities through, through half of February and all of March have opportunities to gather for this um, uh, soup suppers. Yeah. When
1: is Easter this year, Tim?
0: I think the, I want to say the 4th of April. Okay.
1: So there's probably five Wednesdays in March. Off the top of my head, is that right?
0: There are. Yep. Yes, that's how it is. So the 17th is Ash Wednesday, then the 24th is the only other Wednesday in February, and that's our first soup supper, and then every Wednesday in March. So, and that takes us right up. Then we have, we haven't even gotten this far because we don't know what's going on in the world, you know, but Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, and Easter, and how we're going to work that out, but
1: yeah. Yeah, we, we will. We will be developing Holy Week plans, and you know the the world is changing around us all the time. There's some good things happening. Um, vaccinations are rolling out. I know a lot of vaccinated people and people getting vaccinated. It seems like every day in our area, infection rates are declining in our area, and we pray that would continue. And so we may have things available by Easter that we don't have now, you know, we've set this benchmark of uh, once infection rates get under 200 per, per 100,000 per 14 days, that will go back to hybrid Bible studies, um, which is meaning in-person stuff. And we're looking at some in-person worship options at that same number, maybe what we'd call watch parties. And then the reopening task force is looking at steps beyond that. So if, know, because we're trying to build a roadmap to when it gets to an acceptable, the infection rate gets below an acceptable level, which is under 75 per 100,000 per 14 days. And, but we need to start preparing for that of what happens before then. And what are some things we can do before then for people who want to, for people who feel like they can do that. And then what do we start doing after that as well? And so uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, cautiously optimistic I'm always hopeful because we always have hope in Christ but optimism I think is about circumstances (laughs) hope is about our relationship with God and uh, so I'm always hopeful but right now I'm cautiously optimistic about our circumstances uh, as far as reopening and and seeing some progress in the next next couple of months I don't want to fool people and think it's like this week next week the week after but but we're starting to have discussions here and making plans and yeah. And so, you know, Holy Week, the which is end of March through the very beginning of April, you know, we'll d- just stay tuned, right? That's all we can say now. Yep. Right. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Okay. So we've had
0: uh, Bad Ash Wednesday jokes and some information about Ash Wednesday. We've had we've talked about Lent and the Lent soup suppers. Um and so I think that leaves just to talk about the scripture for this Sunday. Is talked that right? The, we talked about the book. Book, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah. this last Sunday, we took a break because um, you gave me an opportunity to uh, preach. And so this week, we're heading back uh, to John's gospel um, and an interesting story uh, of uh, miraculous healing um and in in the ESV version it's it's titled this little section Jesus heals an official's son um and so
1: interesting that it's not called Jesus heals an official and maybe we'll talk about why i think that's interesting uh
0: well take it away let's see okay
1: so, so we're in John 4 43 through 54 and this is one of, that i think is short enough that Let's just read it. And Tim, I want you to help me be really careful because I am highly caffeinated and I love this story and I haven't preached it before. And anytime I really love a story and I haven't preached it before, I think there's a real danger of me just going and not stopping. Okay. I mean, eventually stopping because I have to eat or something. But um, so please use whatever means necessary within the law constrain me
0: okay <laughs> sounds good I solemnly I swear
1: okay even with that introduction you probably sense what I mean okay so uh John 4 starting with verse 43 now uh, oh we remember that Jesus was in Samaria we saw a village transform we saw the woman of Samaria transform awesome he leaves that area that's where we pick up the story after the two days he departed for Galilee For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast. For they too had gone to the feast. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. I just time out. I, that's hard for me. I don't know what tone Jesus read that in. So, you know, I don't want people to think that. But it sounds kind of mean. Anyway, we can talk about that. Okay, picking back up. So okay. uh, the official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, and he himself believed, and all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Okay. That's the story. That's it. It, it, it. So it's a healing story. It's a healing story from a distance, um, but it's also a faith story. It's a story about a a, a man and his household coming into relationship with Jesus out of the midst of a a very desperate uh, situation a, a near death of one of their children, which I've not experienced that, but I can imagine myself in that scene of what drove that man to, to find Jesus, to, to keep pleading for his son's life. And then, and then maybe part that I wish I could imagine better is the trust that that man has, you know, just, he hears Jesus and believes and walks back home. And then, and then, you know, his, his faith is rewarded. If we want to say that, uh, and his son is healed and he, he asks the servants when it happens and they tell him, and it's the same time that Jesus spoke to him. So he gives Jesus all the credit and he obviously shares the story or shares the good news as we would say, and his household believes it's just, um, it's just an awesome story. And, um, it ties into other things Jesus is doing. Obviously the the previous miracle that we heard about the water and the wine is mentioned, which happens basically at the, sort of at the same place, or at least Jesus was at the same place because the son that was healed was in another city, Capernaum. Um, so that, there's, there's a lot here to think about Tim. What, what's the big thing that jumps out to you in this story? Um, kind of curious.
0: Well, for me, I think it's the, um, the, uh, I don't know the right way to say it, but basically <clears throat> Jesus performs the miracle, but there are no witnesses uh, to it in where he's at. So he's in Cana. They come, you know, they, he the the official comes with this request. My son's on the point of death. Would you heal him? Would you come down and heal him? And there's not a big show. There's not any fireworks. There's not any... There's nothing fancy that happens. Jesus says, your son will live. And I haven't checked, but you know, however far away Capernaum is from Galilee. 20 uh, miles. 20 miles, 20 miles away, a miracle happens. And none of the people that were there where he was asked were witness to that. And so it's interesting to I have a related
1: question, just real quick. Yeah. Uh, I don't see the little red recording button, uh, but do you?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh, good. Because if we were just having this conversation, there would be no witnesses to other people that we were having it.
0: And I usually see
1: it, and I didn't see it. And I just started to get increasingly nervous that we, we were having a great conversation, but yet the And so, a parallel to that is Jesus did something that, that the Father kind of came to know about in the crowd. Sorry, I interrupted because. I really wasn't sure if we were recording. Go ahead, Tim. Okay.
0: <laughs> I don't know why I don't see the red dot. Usually, I, I see the red dot. I don't know either. Um, mine says but as good. long as you see the red dot. Hopefully, it's working. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it's technology. It's, you never know. Uh, the so what we could say is that the man, the official, had more trust in Jesus than we have in technology that <laughs> that it would that what Jesus said would happen would come true. I have no idea if what we do with technology will be good <laughs> or actually work, but we can depend on Jesus that his word is true. And, and then I love that he, uh, but, but what I, what I love is that is how the miracle takes place. And that's interesting. That So then the responsibility for testimony comes first from uh, the official servants who meet him on the road and provide testimony that the son is getting healed. And, um, and then they find out that it was at the hour that Jesus said um, that his son would live. And then the official becomes a witness to the servants. And then I'm sure the word spread from there. But just this mm-hmm. very organic way of happening, this kind of natural natural way, and, and that it wasn't showy is what really strikes me about this um, particular miracle. Yeah.
1: It's as, uh, it's as organic as your avocado tree back there. Uh, so
0: <laughs> avocado. it's
1: growing, you know, a little sunlight, a little water and, um, but, uh, absolutely. I, uh, he, he does become a witness and I, we should say that that word there for household is oikos. And, you know, that's something we encourage here is for everybody to realize they have an oikos, um. Uh, a, a household, whether you have a family home anymore or not, you have an oikos. And that's that's your extended set of relationships, including in that time for this man, he had servants. So his servants were part of his oikos. And maybe maybe his in-laws were part of that, maybe even a couple of friends or neighbors. And then if he had other children, um, you know, but he he shared with those folks that he was in relationship with what Jesus had done he didn't just walk away and say, wow, what a coincidence, <laughs> you know, Whew, what a waste of time that I walked these 40 miles, you know, uh, the, the boy got well on his own, you yeah. know, he, yeah. I love that he gave God credit. I, I just, um, I just love the example of this, this father.
0: Um, yeah. And that's interesting in our world today. I think we, tend we, when things go the way that we want them to, or something good happens to us, we often like to think that it's because of something we did, or somehow our actions brought apart, brought, excuse me, brought about the goodness. When really the goodness all comes from God, um, and and kind of just connects for me to the official here that he recognizes where the goodness comes from. He doesn't take credit. Like you were saying, he doesn't come up with some excuse or, oh, it was a waste of time or, um, right. you know, something else healed him or whatever. He's like, no, this is he recognized Jesus for who he was and gave credit and then um, and then gave witness um, to others. So. You know, I've been thinking about the context
1: culturally that he was in, you know, um, and this may or may not get into Sunday sermon. So, folks, on the podcast, you may be getting a bonus here Um you know, the, we don't know if he was Jewish or Gentile. And I, I really wonder if that's even worth debating. I wonder if John kept it generic on purpose, something to think about, uh, if the Holy Spirit kind of inspired him to, to make it a character. Maybe John knew his background, uh, but he kept it a story that was flexible for the reader. So whether the reader was a Jew or a Gentile, they could maybe engage it. Um, but if, since he is just as generic, character, though he was a real human being. I'm not saying he wasn't, but, you know, he was probably he, whoever he was, he was infected or by the um, the culture at the time, which a lot of the thought at that time um, was life is nasty, brutish and short as a as a, a later philosopher would say, or um, as the Ro- uh, as a typical Roman uh, person would think that we are just kind of subject to our own fate and uh, stoic philosophers talked a lot about this that uh, you know that uh, we might say that life happens to you and you you just got to roll with it or do your best you can but you can't really change your fate or your destiny and what i see here in this man is um he he's not being controlled by that worldly philosophy of well fate just happens and the gods or whatever, just wanted my son to die. And so I'm going to embrace that. He kind of takes things <laughs> as he can as, and he goes for it. I mean, he, he goes, he hears of Jesus who he hears is a miracle worker. He probably doesn't know much more than that. Maybe he knows the claims of Messiahship or has heard, heard what John the Baptist said about Jesus. We don't know for sure. Right. But he knows enough to, to think I'm going to go for it. and I'm going to ask him to change the fate of my son. Um, and I think that's awesome. And, and if I can make a connection to our culture, I, I think I see a lot of embracing of fate um, on all sides in our culture, embracing even of death and doom, like embracing the negativity rather than believing that God wants to work for our good and wants to give us abundant life as Jesus will say in the gospel of John. Um, and you know, so like Christians who we, we, we believe that to live is Christ and to die is gain as Paul teaches us. So we, we believe that there's if in Christ, there's reward awaiting us, not by what we've done, but because of God's grace towards us. But in the meantime, we're supposed to live for, for, jesus and what he wants us to do but that doesn't mean we should embrace our death or hasten our death or quicken our death uh, obviously christians don't believe like in euthanasia we believe another scripture that says uh, every death of a saint is precious in the sight of the lord right uh, i think it's psalm 116 and so you know we 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 believe that life is sacred psalm 139 says god knit each person together in their mother's womb right uh, that he knew us before we were born into the world. And, and, and so I, I see kind of, you know, some people on the left are really um, jaded that, you know, about life before birth. And I see people now on the right with COVID and stuff like, well, people are just going to die. And I think both of those, they're letting worldly philosophy creep in about life. And they're not valuing life as sacred and created in the image of God. And we should value it Pre-birth, we should value it when it's elderly, we should evaluate, we should value it when it's poor, rich, sick, woman, man, whatever ethnicity, you know. And um yeah, anyway, so I see here an example of a man who who has a, a spiritual point of view, even if he doesn't at the beginning of the story, doesn't know a lot about Christ. He is not just accepting the worldly point of view that that death wins, you know, and um, you know, you may as a Christian be okay and excited for your death when you get to be with God. And I think we should be, but we are also people who fight against the power of death in this world for other ones. We're we're not, I'm, and, that, and don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that we should try to fight for biological life extension at all costs. What I'm saying is we should value the life that the gift of life that God's given us. That's part of what Ash Wednesday actually is about. So um anyway that it's been bringing up these thoughts for me tim i don't know how to bring all that into the sermon but i think there's some things that i didn't even bring that into um, our bible studies
0: i don't think but uh yeah um well that's really i'm glad you did hear. i think that's really important um for us as christians to think about uh, life and how we value it and do we value it as god values it and then what are the how, what are the consequences of of that belief? Because um, I think there are, uh, you know, responses then that we should have as Christians as we engage the world. Um, we won't get into those um, today. Excuse me for just a moment. <coughs> Sorry, uh, but I gosh I. I don't know if you can work that in on Sunday for the sermon, but I think it'd be great. And if not, I think it's just a discussion that we as Christians need to keep having. Um, and, and that's also a good thing is that not every conversation, uh, you know, not every good conversation happens because of a sermon. But as, as Christians, as we talk with one another, as we engage the world, as we read the Bible, as we pray we need, as we're in community, we need to talk to each other about these things and work them out. Um, and then and then live accordingly um, to to what we discern. Um, but dis- discerning isn't a practice that happens solely by oneself, it happens in community. And so that helps keep us on track and from not going down the, the crazy, crazy ways. Can I just
1: <laughs> add to that? I agree that, you know, we really, should read the Bible in community. I'm not against you reading it individually um, folks out there, but one of the fun things we do is Bible studies and then Bible reading plans. And I think, um, you know, right now we're having to utilize technology heavily to do that, but we've seen a blossoming in a couple of our Bible reading plans of really back and forth to people sharing. And it, it it's people studying the scriptures in community asking questions sharing personal reflections. There's one group I'm in of guys who actually started sharing a couple of things that are happening in their life, sharing prayer requests. And, you know, it's, um, so it's not just Bible head, religious knowledge, you know, it's, um, how does this work out in real life? And, you know, because this is a real guy in our story with a real son who had a real illness and, um, Jesus, I think Jesus knew all that. And, but Jesus, you know, if we could deal with one more thing here, I think, uh, you know, he 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 doesn't want people to just see him as a miracle worker. You know, he wants people to believe in him as the savior of the world or, you know, that by believing in him as the Christ, the son of God, we can have life in his name. You know, he wants us to have that new life, not just a quick fix, but a new life. And I think we as Christians that's the big thing we need to be asking ourselves as we read the gospel of John. Am I, am I really coming to him for life or, you know, the life that he wants me to have, or am I trying to just, you know, manage my life, my own. And if everything's just right, you know, if the, if the government has the right laws, and if my bank accounts are just right and my family behaves, then I have the life I want. And we, you know, are, are you the giver of your life happiness? Mm um or do you get your abundant life from from jesus and um that's a big picture thing in the the gospel of john that we're trying to keep out there that by believing in him we will have life in his name um and it will be better than the life that we kind of cobble together and manage on our own Mm -hmm. um good boy we didn't talk about a lot of the details of the story here tim we kind of got philosophical and
0: uh and i i hate to do it but I've, I've got to put a you know time out on you on it i told you to do it you told me to so we. Yeah. <laughs> but uh uh and and who knows what you're going to get into for the sunday sermon but uh that's good good reason for you if you're listening or watching to come back uh, and and hear the full sermon this was not a sermon this was just a conversation about the scripture um But on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m., you can join us on Facebook Live or YouTube, um, assuming all the technology works. Um, Otherwise, you can catch the sermon uh, on our website, PalouseChurch.org. Look under Resources and Sermons, and we upload those every week. So they are there. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. So thank you, Pastor Corey. Uh, Good discussion. Good, That was fun. So, and thank you all for listening and watching and putting up with some terrible jokes there at the beginning. Uh, Hopefully you understand that those were- were Unsuitable. Uh, (laughs) Unsuitable. That was Corey's own made up joke, by the way. So you have to give him some credit for making up a joke of his own about Ash Wednesday. Um, But thank you all for listening and watching. This has been Tim and Corey coming to you from our Zoom studios here in the rolling hills of Palouse, Washington. And we hope you have a blessed week. We'll see you next time.